I want to talk to you today about seven keys to changing your future. Seven keys to changing your future. You should have a little note-taking guide and also a sheet that was handed out to you, kind of a white sheet. Uh, if you didn't get that and you'd like one, just lift your hand up, okay, and the ushers will help you out. Just lift your hand up. Anybody didn't get one of those and would like one? Okay, yeah, lift your hand up. Right here in the front here, we've got somebody. Good. Okay. I'm going to uh, share with you, uh, this will, we're actually going to take two weeks, so this is one of those notes that you'll want to keep and uh, bring back again when we're together next Tuesday. We're going to take two weeks to talk about this, but I'm going to share some, uh, again, some things that the Lord has uh, taught me over the years and really to really help me uh, be able to get some control over my life and also to be able to... Um, not have the future I had, or not have the past in my future. Um, I, I wrote down in your notes, unless something intervenes, we become what we already are, right? That is, unless something intervenes, unless something happens, there's some impact, something that takes place, you just continue becoming who you already are. So we need for something to take place, and that's part of what we're talking about. Um, we remember uh, last week we talked about this verse, where there is no revelation or where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint or the people perish, we talked about last week, remember, or the people, um, the, the, you know, they wander. Where, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And we talked about this idea last week that, that the, our ability to see the future affects the way we live today. And that's the very first thing. To change the future, we must see the future. You have to be able to get some kind of image of what the future is. You remember the story of Ebenezer Scrooge? We heard a little bit about, here I raised my Ebenezer. Um, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, remember the story about him? He, he, he gets a second chance at life after seeing the future, right? He, he, he has this experience where he, he sees the future, and when he sees the future, then it causes him to, to, uh, to, to change where he's at today. And this is the way it is. Without a vision, it's very difficult to change What's this vision for the future. Um, one time years ago, I was uh, preaching at the church, and uh, I asked people, I, I wanted to talk with them about uh, this question of regrets, uh, and I asked them this question. If you were to continue to live your life the way you are today, and you were to die at 80, what regrets would you have? That is, if nothing changed, if you just lived every day the way you're living your life, you, uh, you are you're living your life today, nothing were to change, you were to live till you were 80, what would you look at? What regrets might you have? And so people sat down. You know, I told them, I said, you know, imagine kind of a basket in front of you with all your regrets. I said, what, what would be some of the regrets in the basket? And I had them write down their regrets in some different areas and for, for them to send them, uh, to send them into me so I could see these regrets. Would you like to hear what some of their regrets were? If they continued to live their life the way they were living it today, what they thought might be regrets, they're in your notes there. Number one, it says this. In the area of social, I wish I had more friends and invited more people over. That is, they said, if I kept living my life the way I'm living it today, this is something I think I would regret. Here's another one, in health. I wish I had taken better care of myself, especially in the areas of exercise and diet. 
in the area of career. It was interesting because I thought career, there would be quite a bit of activity, but almost nobody responded to that one with regrets. Most people didn't mention career as an issue, but those who did wished they had changed their career. In relationship to their education, people said, I wish I had finished what I started, and I wish I had gotten more. They said, if I continue to live my life the way I'm living it today, and if I were to go on and I was to be 80, 85 years old, and I were to have regrets in front of me, they said, one of my regrets in relationship to education would be, I wish I had finished what I'd started, and I wish I had gotten more. Um, number five, family. I wish I had shared love while my family was with me. I wish I had played more with my children. Interesting, isn't it? Spiritual. These are, these are regrets they thought they would have. I wish I had read my Bible more and spent more time experiencing prayer. Uh, in the area of self, this was five or 600 people, incidentally, that were responding to me. In the area of self, I wish I had respected and loved myself. I wish I had believed God's word about me more than believing all the other stuff that was said. I wish I had respected and loved myself. I wish I had believed God's word about me. And then number eight, in the area of wealth, I wish I had more to give away. That was an interesting thing. You know, as a pastor, a lot of times you think to yourself that, um, you know, there come occasions, moments when you need to ask people for money. You know, as the president of the school, I'm at, I ask people for money to help me with the school. And uh, you can get kind of like where you think to yourself, oh, you know, I don't know if I, you know, nobody really wants to give, you know, that, they're not really interested in that. And this really set me free because out of the hundreds of people that uh, responded, this is one of the things they said, I wish I had more to give away. That is that people really want to give. I wish I had never gotten in debt. I wish I had saved for retirement. And then in the area of leisure, they said things like this. I wish I had relaxed more. I wish I had taken time to smell the roses, to see the sunset. I wish I had taken more vacations and traveled more. Each of these regrets has the potential to become a life goal. You have the power to change your future. So what do I mean by that? So each of these different nine different areas that were talked about, they expressed a regret in. Now, your regrets may be different, right? That question, but that question is a very powerful question. If I were to continue to live my life the way I'm living it today, when I got to that age, near the end of my life, what would I, what might I regret? What would be in my basket of regrets? Well, I, I, I'm telling you right now, if you look at your life right now, I look at my age right now, subtract it from 80, and I say, okay, I've got this many years to make sure I don't end up with that regret in my basket. You with me? This is, this is where you're at right now, right? You're at a place, a certain place in your life right now. Maybe you're 20 years old. You're looking at 20. Okay, well, I, had, I got 60 years to make sure I don't end up the way. If I do nothing, where am I going to end up? Right where you are. You just become what you already are. Unless something happens, unless there's some impact, unless some kind of decision gets made, unless there's some force that get brings to, gets brought to bear in the situation, you just end up the way you are. So, so we're saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're saying we, we've got time right now to make sure we don't end up with this basket full of regrets. Okay, number two in your notes. To change the future... We must have God. To change the future, we must have God. 
So uh, what are we talking about here? Well, what we're talking about is that we need a supernatural impact that's there. I think in your notes, it, it gives this passage from 1 John. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Last week, we talked about this idea of a spiritual stronghold, a mindset impregnated with hopelessness. And we've got to break the power of that kind of thing uh, in our lives. To change the future, we need God's help. We need some kind of intervention in the situation. Um, you know, one verse that really has helped me a lot has been Psalm 37, verse 4. It's not in your notes. You can just jot it down if you want to. It says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I used to think to myself, if I want something, it can't be God. Right? If I, if I, if I think to myself, well, you know, this is what I would really like. I used to think, that can't be God. God wouldn't, you know, that's my flesh. That's my desire. That's what I want, you know. It can't be God that he would want that. But when I read this verse, I realized something. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he literally gives you the desires that are in your heart. You know, a lot of times we're looking for the will of God and we're thinking the will of God is off somewhere, you know, and maybe if I'm really good and I really study my Bible and I really pray, I really do the right things, then the will of God is going to become clear to me. But the truth is, the will of God right now in your life is very clear. Jesus died. God has done all that he could do to make the will of God clear for your life. And what does he say to you? He says, delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to him. Trust in the Lord. See, that's the, that's the idea here. And he will give you the desires that are in your heart. You're wondering what God wants you to do. You know, you're looking at God going, God, what do you want me to do? And God's looking at you going, what do you want to do? I don't care about what I want. I just want what you want, God. Tell me what you want me to do. Well, what do you want to do? No, forget about me. I'm not important. I don't want, I, don't, I, I, I just want what you want, Lord. What do you want me to do? Well, what do you want to do? Why? Because he says he has put his desires in your heart. You know, some of you, while you're here, God is putting and releasing desires in your heart. He's putting things inside of you. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is, this is nothing. It's trivial. It's just some little thought I have, some little thing. But the truth is the Lord is putting certain kinds of passions and certain kinds of loves and certain kinds of concerns and certain thoughts inside of you that he's putting these very things inside of you. Why? Because he wants to fulfill them through you. Some of the things he puts inside of you are so out there that you think to yourself, I could never say this out loud to anybody. Because if I said it out loud, they would look at me and go, we are going to lock you up. You, you've gone crazy, you know. But you remember, you are becoming as you walk toward, right? It's not, you're not who you're going to be right now. 
But God's put desires inside of you that are going to actually get you to who you're going to be. But as you move toward those desires, as you walk toward them, you grow and you mature and you become the person that is going to actually be able to do the things that God has put inside of your hearts. So don't, you know, many of us, we self-censor. God gives us a big dream and we just go, oh, okay, well, that was ridiculous. I mean, just... Have you been around? Have you seen me this week, Lord? You know, I mean, you're, you're kidding. The stuff I struggle with, and you're talking this kind of a dream, and, and we, we're like, that can't be real. Can't, can't ever happen. Can't, can't. When the truth is, you are, as you step toward that thing God has put inside of you, you're going to grow into it and become the person that he wants you to be. So, you know, it's all tied up in the Lord. He, he's going he's to do these things and, um, and, and in these very areas of regrets, these are the battlegrounds, right? You're thinking it's some deep spiritual thing. But these things that we, these are the very battlegrounds where the enemy is trying to take the victory out of your life and cause you to live a life filled with regret. So as you get to the end of your life, you're looking at your life and saying, oh, I did this wrong, I did this, I just screwed this up, I messed this up. I, now, we can't do anything about the past. But today, you can change. So that you can say, you know what, it's through the power of God, through the grace of God, by my Ebenezer, I'm raising a stone, my Ebenezer stone today, that by God's help, through the power of God, I'm going to become the person that's sitting there with no regrets in their basket in any of these different areas. Okay. To change the future, number three, we must have a plan. We must have a plan. When I see a desirable future in my heart and begin to work back from that future to where I am today, that's what a plan is, right? So a plan is, so a plan is here. I, you know, I, I look and I, I go, I'm supposed to be over here, right? But I'm over here. And so a plan, like this, a vision is I see where I'm supposed to be. Okay, I see it. This is where I'm supposed to be. And a plan is I look where I'm supposed to be and then I look at where I am now and I work a path out to get me from where I am to where I'm supposed to be, you see? Vision is what is that desirable future? What is that future that God wants for me? What's that, you know, what's that, that 85-year-old sitting with no regrets in front of them? What's that future that God wants for me? What, that's the vision. I have to see the future to be able to get there. But then I have to work a plan out. How do I move from where I am today so that when that thing ends up at 85, I end up in the position that I, want, that I know I want to be in and I know God wants me in where the will of God is fulfilled. And so there are many different kinds of tools that you can use to help you. And I'm just going to share with you, actually, this is, this is original with me. It's a tool that I put together some years ago to try and help me get a little handle in my life on getting from where I was to where I wanted to go. So you could look at this little white sheet that you have. It's actually also on the back of your, um, your little note-taking guide. It's right there. And, uh, and uh, you, you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll just work across this sheet. So <clears throat> you see the first thing is goals. You see that there? Everybody with me? Okay. So what are goals? Goals are, these are not things that change every week. These are things that maybe, you know, I might do a process 
uh, once a year, right, where I, I sit down. I just did this again recently uh, because of different transitions in my life and things like that. And I just said, you know, you need to get your feet back on the ground again about where you're headed and where you're going, what's going on. And, and so I, um, I, I uh, took some time, and I just sat down, and I said, okay. I, I asked that question. If I kept living the way I'm living today, when I'm 80, 85 years old, I try to move that date up now as I'm getting older. You know what I mean? I would give myself a few years to get the job done. So is, if I, I keep living, you know, um, what regrets might I have? And then out of those regrets, potential regrets, I look and I think to myself, okay, what am I going to do to make adjustments or to make changes? And so I establish some goals, okay? And uh, so this is just, these are just, these are not from my thing in particular, but just to, for example, number one, you might put in as a goal to grow spiritually. I feel like, man, I need to grow spiritually. If I, if I were to, if I were to just continue on the way I am today, where I'm at spiritually, I would not be happy at 85, you know. Uh, number two in your notes, love my wife, okay? These are goals, right? These are not going to change every week. These are going to be probably I'm going to have maybe for the year. These are going to kind of be things that I have. So love my wife, okay? Um, finances, I want to get my finances in order maybe uh, might be a question. Um, uh, lose some weight, you know, that might be a goal for some person out there somewhere. Um, uh, uh, another one might be uh, get an A in Barry's class, right? Barry Qualley's class. I want to get an A in Barry's class. You know, I've been, I, I had teachers like this when I was in school. You know, I had teachers that, that you know, I've been here for three, you know, I stayed for three years. And, and uh, when I got down to my last year, I said, okay, I'm getting an A in that guy's class. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after it. I'm gonna, what, what do I have to do to make this happen? After three years of getting beaten around by him, I am getting an A this time in this class. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I don't know what your goal might be, but it's kind of a guiding, you know, your, your goal is there. Now, this does not change. Once you write these four or five things down, and we could write 30 things, but we're only going to say four or five things because that's all we're really going to probably have energy and ability to work on. So I write my four or five goals down, and then you see the banner, it says prayer, right? So then I pray, and the, the question I'm asking when I pray is this, what could I do this week that might move me forward in this goal that I have here? Now, I don't necessarily do something in every goal area every week, but I just ask myself the question at the, at the very end, usually Sunday, maybe when I'm planning for the upcoming week. I say, what could I do this week that would help me? So, for example, under the Grow Spiritually, I might say, you know, I'm, I'd like to put that version app on my phone so I have a Bible with me all the time on my phone. And, uh, and th so that's a step. That's a thing that I'm going to do that's going to help move me toward this. Next week, I might have something totally different. You know, maybe I, maybe I decide, you know, hey, I'm going to get up in the morning and, and give 15 minutes to prayer or something. You know, I, I, I don't know what it might be. But so this, this week, I'm saying to myself, this is something I'm going to do this week. I'm going to get the version app and put it on my phone. Uh, love my wife. You know, so I, I, I heard about a book, His Needs, Her Needs. And so I say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to order that book. 
I'm going to order that book this week. My goal probably is to read it sometime during the course of this year. But, I, but right now, I'm going to order that book. And, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to have to take some time to do that. You know, area finances, you know, I might not put anything. Or maybe I'm saying, you know what, I've never really tithed. I've never really honored the Lord with my finances. And I want to learn how to do it. So this week, I'm going to, I'm going to write a check for part of that. Or uh, losing some weight, maybe I say, I heard about this app, the Lose It app. Okay, which I just happened to have put on my phone. And, uh, and, and so I, I took the Lose It app, and, and I'm going to get that on my phone this week, okay? And then you see here it says, um, uh, um, I think you get the idea. Maybe in Barry's class I break down the syllabus. You know, so I say this week I'm going to break down his syllabus in that kind of way. So now we're moving across the page. Now you see the week laid out here, and uh, look at the... At the top of the page and also on the back of the page, there's uh, the, the same points with Scripture. So here's the pattern. Number one, remember your growth goals. That's the first thing, the goals. Number two, pray. Ask God what you should do this week. And then uh, plan this week's steps. So I just gave you some of the different steps that I have there. Now I take this calendar that's in front of me and I put in my must-dos. So what are my must-dos? My must-dos are things, time that I have no control over. That is, it's time that I have to give to other purposes. So, for example, so in my must-dos here, I might take this and I say, okay, uh, every day, every uh, Monday through Thursday, chapel, 10 to 12. And so I, I kind of, I, like a, I just kind of take a, So I just take that, 10, that 11 to 12 time period and I just put a block over it, okay? That's, and maybe I might write chapel. So I just, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm going through and I put in my must-dos. You know, maybe that afternoon, you know, I've got a, got a class from, from 3 to 5, and so I, I, I block out from 3 to 5 class. These are things I don't have, I don't have any control over. They're the must-dos. And then the next thing I do after I go through the whole week and put in my must-dos, the things that have to happen, then I put in my big rocks. Now, what are the big rocks? What do I mean by the big rocks? The big rocks are the steps that I came up with during the week of things that have to get done. So I got to put the version app in, so I block out a time to put the version app in. I said I'm going to... Um, order the His Needs, Her Needs book, so I, I block out a time when I'm going to get on Amazon and order the His Needs, Her Needs. Uh, I need to load the Lose It app, and so I block out a time in my calendar to load the, load the Lose It app. Um, I, I want to break down the syllabus, and so I block a time in maybe one of the homework evenings or something like that's going to be, I'm going to get this guy's syllabus, break it all down, be ready to, to do what's got to be done. Now, why do we call them big rocks? That actually comes from a story and the story happened like this. There was a group like this that was happening. There was a table in front. And, uh, and the, the, uh, the fellow that was leading the group had a big glass jar. And uh, he said, see this big glass jar? He says, I'm going to fill this big glass jar up. And he reached under the table and he pulled out a box that had big rocks in it. And he took the box and took the rocks, and one after another, he put them inside the jar, and he filled the jar totally up with rocks. 
And then he looked at the crowd that was there, and he said, uh, he says, well, the jar is full now, isn't it? When you say it's full, and everybody lifts their hand up, yeah, it's full, it's full, it's full. And uh, he said, he said, okay. And then he reaches under the table, and he pulls out some sand. Got a big container of sand. He pours the sand into the thing, shakes the thing. The sand goes down in between all the big rocks. And he says, well, you said it was full, but I could still get more into it, couldn't I? And they, and they, and they, uh, and they went like, uh, you know, yeah, wow, that's, you know, but it's full now. It's filled right to the top with sand. It's full now. They said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally full. And he reached under the table and he pulled out a pitcher of water and he poured it into the, into the jar. So all the people are looking and he says, uh, he says to them, well, what's the lesson of this? Some guy raises, I know the lesson, I know the lesson. What is it? No matter how much you jam into your life, you can always get a little bit more in if you try. And he goes, no, 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 he's not the lesson. He said, that's not the lesson. He says, this is the lesson. He says, unless you put the big rocks in first, they never get into the jar. See, that's just exactly the way your life is. Everything else will fill in around, but if you don't put the big rocks in first, what is the big thing? What's the thing that God has spoken to you? What's the area that you need to move forward in? What's really important? I need to grow, for example, in my relationship with my wife. That's a big rock. That's a critical thing. If that fails, everything fails. Right? Are you with me? So I have to make sure when I'm setting up my calendar, I get my big rocks in first. And so I would fill, fill that all up in uh, 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 just going through. I put in the must-dos, and then I put in the big rocks. And then finally, I put in a little time. Usually, maybe it might be Sunday evening for an hour or something like this. Or some, After a little while, I can actually do it in 15, 20 minutes. But I put in a thing, consider your ways, right? And on the back here, you, you see each of these with a scripture that goes along with... Um, with uh, each of them uh, uh, on there. So to consider your ways, right? Which means what? So what I would do is at the beginning of every week for me, usually like I say, it would be, might be Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. I would take a, a period of time. At first it was a little longer, but then it got pretty short. I could do it sometimes 15, 20 minutes. I would just take a period of time where I would think about what are, what's the what are the things that I'm supposed to do this week? What are the steps? Here are my goals. Pray. What are the steps? Put in my must-dos, and then I would put in my, my big rocks into, into the schedule so that I knew that the things that were really important to me, the things that were really going to move the ball down the field, the things that were going to really, really enable me to experience victory, that those things were getting into my schedule. And for many years, I carried this little piece of paper with me all week long. I'd be folded up and be in my wallet, and I'd, I'd pull this thing out during the week to pay attention to what I'm doing. Well, then, you know, uh, we started using um, computers. And so now, you know, you could look at my computer, and you can see where I've plotted out different things that I want to accomplish and things that have to happen. I just use my calendar, you know, whether Google Calendar or Outlook or whatever it is. You can do this same process with your calendar. It's just taking time every week and just looking in and blocking the thing out and setting yourself up for success so that every week, the thing, see the thing, that, here's what happens. If you don't specifically take time to make sure you've identified what the big rocks are, 
Then week after week after week goes by. It's like you're on a treadmill. You go to class, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do that. But you never really feel that you're growing in the areas that were important to you. What were the things that God spoke to you that were important to you? You never really feel you're growing. And so you, you, you can go through months, years sometimes. And even though your life is full of activity, you're not really going forward in the areas that God has spoken to you. You're not making sure that those areas of potential regret are dealt with. And instead, you're just continuing on, continuing on, continuing on. It's just like being on a treadmill. Life goes on, and then boom, life is over. And uh, you, haven't, you haven't fulfilled your destiny. You haven't moved forward in the areas. Now, you cannot do this stuff by yourself, but what I mean by that is that the, the, I couldn't change in my love for my wife by myself, but there are things that I can do. I can seed my heart down with, with uh, truths and, and different kinds of things that can help me grow in this area. I can practice some things. I can get inspired by what I see is happening in other marriages by reading and seeing what's going on. And so I can actually grow and become better at this thing. I can, it can actually, over time, here's, here's one of the simple truths about life. People greatly overestimate what they can do in a day, but they underestimate what they can do in a year. Their tendency is to overestimate what they can do in a day, and they try to do this and do that and, you know, get overwhelmed. But they underestimate what they could do in a year if, they're, if they just do a little bit, a little bit each week in this area that God has spoken to them about and developed in. Okay. Are you guys freaking out, or are you happy, or are you, what are you, where are you? What is he talking about? I have no idea what he's talking His mouth is moving, but I just don't get it. Okay, number four. To change the future, we must confess change. This is what it says. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. How about this, Romans 10? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So what am I talking about this? As you take some time to think through what are some of the goals that you, that you want. We're talking about changing your future. What are some of the goals that you feel the Lord is speaking to you and putting in your heart and and you're, as you take some time uh, to do that, and then the Lord gives you, starts giving you some steps, then one of the key things that you have to do if you want to change your future is to begin to say what you want to be true about the future. You have to confess it. If we confess with our mouth, you have to confess what it is. So if I, I, I you know, if, for example, maybe it's, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have a more loving relationship with my wife. I'm confessing that. 
I'm going to, I'm going to order my finances better than I have in the past. I'm going to be honoring the Lord with the tithe and giving him the first fruit of all my increase. What am I doing? I'm confessing. I'm saying these are the things that God, God wants me. I, I know that I'm supposed to have more friends in my life. And so I'm going to be creating more opportunities for friendships. And I'm looking for my fr- more friends. Are you interested in being my friend? You know? And I'm confessing. I'm confessing. You've got to speak out these things that are in your heart. Maybe this very thing right here. Maybe when you leave here at, at lunchtime, you need to look at somebody at your table. And you know what he talked about today? I'm going to actually sit down and try and do that this week. I'm going to t- and you, you begin to say it. You begin to confess it. And when you confess it, it becomes very, very powerful. There's a, there's a dimension to it. It becomes very, very powerful. And you, you will be able to uh, move forward in the thing that... Uh, that God has given to you. Okay, let's take a moment just to pray. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Now, as I've been talking about this, some of the folks that uh, are listening to me are thinking, oh, that's interesting, and, and uh, just kind of, it's just kind of there. But some of you that have been listening to me as I've been speaking, it's been like, it's like, wow, it's like, this is, he's talking about something that directly has to do what's going on in my life right now. What I have been sensing the Lord speaking to me about. That as you have a, a, sen- a quickened sense that, wow, this isn't something I'm just supposed to blow over. It's something that, that the Lord is awakening inside of me. He's speaking to me about. If that's the case, I want you just to lift both of your hands right now to the Lord. If you feel the Lord is speaking to you, he's... he's, he's um, just kind of kind of pricking your heart about what we talked about today. Just lift both your hands to the Lord right now. And we're just going to take a moment to pray. Lord, hands are lifted up around this room. And I just ask right now, Lord, where people, there's a longing in their heart. They don't want to stay the same. They want things to change. They want, they want to grow. They don't want to, they, they don't want to get to 85 and, and have their basket full of regrets. Lord, right now, as their hands are lifted, I ask for your empowering. I ask for the work of your Holy Spirit to just come into hearts and lives. Now, they may develop a different method than what I've given them, but I ask that you empower them to form their own way, their own steps. And maybe they won't do it perfectly this month, and maybe not next month, maybe not even this year, but they're going to begin steps moving forward and growing in this whole dimension. I believe you for it, Lord, right now. Strengthen their hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.